Welcome, <laughs> welcome everybody to a belated start to uh, this week in legal blogging. This is uh, the first episode, maybe the last episode at the rate we're going here. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of an experiment with, with Lex Blog to uh, try and have regular conversations with uh, some of the people who uh, are, uh, are in the legal blogging community and particularly some of the people who've been leaders in the legal blogging community and for me, I could think of no better person to start with than, than Carolyn Elephant, who's, of course, the uh, author uh, of the My Shingle blog. And um, what, what probably a, a lot of people don't realize is, is that, uh, Carolyn, you and I are kind of joined at the hip when it comes to blogging, because we, we have been uh, along a parallel track almost from day one of our, of our blogging uh, adventure here. Yes, uh, that, so that is true. So it's good to see you and good to talk to you. Yeah, but you were a little older in blogging years, so in blogging weeks, you started in blogging weeks before my yeah, weeks. yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I started in like October of 2012, and you were maybe later in October or November. 2000, or 2002, not 12. You took 12, a 2000, Did I say 2012? <laughs> yeah, 2002, right? 18 years ago. Yeah. Um, so. And then, and then we had all these other. We've had all these. This whole like sort of string of parallels because not only that, but then uh, in 2006, you and I became the co-authors of something called Legal Blog Watch. Yeah, that was a great gig. I really, I mean, it was it was hard, and I was always I always struggled to get the copy out, and I felt like you were doing it so effortlessly. But um, but it was. I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was something completely different for me, but it was, it was a little too much. I mean, we were like power posters. We were doing like 12 to 15 real posts and we were like Scott Greenfield. So. Right. And, and, and people would not, I mean, and probably some of the people listening today have no idea what legal blog watch was, but I, it was sort of a, an odd thing because at the time the blogging community was still so long that we were, I mean, so small, so concise that, I mean, basically we were trying to, uh, you and I would kind of switch off days. This was a, a, a ALM or law.com creation, this legal blog watch. And, and the idea was we were going to, we'd try and do this little column every day where we kind of round up some of the highlights of what was being talked about by legal bloggers. And uh, so, you know, the, 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 the blogging world was small enough that you and I could actually kind of almost survey it in the course of a morning and, and, and get a sense of what people were talking about. Uh, now you need, uh, I don't know, it's impossible to do it, but yeah. <clears throat> so I did actually for our talk today, I did bring a prop. Do you remember this? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I do happen to remember that too. That is, this is, I have to say, so this is the first book I bought. I think I did it sell on Amazon. I seem to remember either buying it from Amazon or the ABA site. I was spending this, it summer. wasn't an ABA book, it was an ALM book. So, okay, uh, so I think I bought it on Amazon. This is Bob's book, The Best and Worst of Legal <laughs> Websites, is like circa. 2001 and I, yeah. I remember when I bought it our my family was in um, we were spending the summer in Birmingham Alabama and I saw that this book had come out and I ordered it and I read it literally cover to cover I mean it was it was really exciting and then I thought that you were like a superstar and I mean <laughs> you are but I mean you it, it just the fact that you had this book and it was out there just when I finally started working with you it was 
it was kind of like a thrill. So yeah. uh, well, that's no fear because I don't have your book here. Uh, that's okay. I don't think I do. No, because I'm, I'm in my office and I have your book. Uh, I have uh, well, I have both of your books. Um, three. Well, actually, you, do you have two editions? You have how many editions of your Solo by Choice? There's you have? two Solo by Choice, and then there's yeah. the book I did with yeah. Nikki, and then the book you do with Nick, Nikki on social media. So I have I have Nikki Black. That is for right. those who don't know on social media. So um, and then and then I mean we had other parallels as well. We were kind of uh, we were we both started uh, uh, as columnists at, at Above the Law at the at the same time, and also had this sort of crazy deal with Above the Law to try and sell ads on our blogs. And, uh, <laughs> we had a similar crazy deal jointly with with Lawyerist for a while. They weren't totally crazy. They were there was some yeah. good stuff to them, but I don't think either of us uh, got got rich through through those uh, advertising uh, fiascos or whatever they were. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's just funny how, uh, how, uh, we've kind of, uh, tag teamed each other over the years. Um, so what I wanted to ask, <laughs> let's start with the big question, which is what do you, what do you think your career would look like today if you had never started blogging? So, you know, I think my career itself, like what I think of as my day job, my law practice, would probably look a lot the same. But I think a lot of what I do on the side and like half of my friends and people I've spent time with and lots of the projects I've worked on, they would be non-existent. And I think I would be like this disgruntled recluse living by myself somewhere because I wouldn't have any friends because I met them all online. I mean, it was that blogging really introduced me to this community of people that I had a lot of different things in common with. And I don't know that I would have ever entered into it were it not for the blog. I mean, if there hadn't been blogging and just social media, I mean, I use social media, but more for business purposes. And so I don't know if that would have been enough to kind of get me into this you know, group of people who are working on issues in the law and reforms and like where, where it's gone out. So I think, I think my life would look grimmer without blogging. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but it's really more than that too, because you're, I mean, you really have established an identity. I mean, I, I, a couple of the social media posts around this, I've sort of referred to you as like the voice of solo and small firm lawyers. And, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, you're, you've not only dedicated a, a lot of your work not just on your blog but but through uh, trainings you do and, and the books you've written and other things to not just to educating uh, solos and small firm lawyers about about running their practices but it, you've really been kind of an advocate for solos and small firm lawyers over the years and that's uh, something that uh, you know I, I don't know that when you started out blogging that was entirely whether you had kind of thought that all through or how much you thought it through but that's really an identity you've built for yourself. Yeah, well, when I started the blog, I mean, I knew I didn't want it to be about how-to stuff. I mean, one reason why I started it was because I hated a lot of the how-to. I mean, I had done my own how-to article on how to start, how I started my law firm in, in the Washington Legal Times, but I wanted it to be about more. I mean, I really wanted it to be about the place that solo and small firm lawyers occupy in the universe. I wanted to um, elevate their voice in the profession and also provide them with information so that they could improve their practice. Because, you know, when we talk about access to justice, 70% or six, 69, 70% of the attorneys who practice are solo and small firm lawyers, and they're serving the majority of consumers. And if you're not focused on their ability, improving their ability to deliver services, then 
you're really leaving out a huge, huge chunk of the, um, the of society that has, you know, that can have access to quality legal services. So I, I always, I felt strongly about that. And that's, that's why my blog, you know, it doesn't, I mean, it, it might talk about like how to do a website or how to do a video or something like that. But most of the articles are, you know, either profiling solo and small firm lawyers who are doing great things. Because the other thing that's important too, is to, to show that, to, sh to show how qualified solo and small firm lawyers are. So the next time one of them shows up in front of the judge, the judge doesn't just assume, you know, this is just like a lowly solo is going to, you know, s screw up the, the case. So, so that was kind of the intent um, behind it when I started. I mean, I was very focused in that regard because at that time, you know, Foomberg was kind of, you know, his book was the big deal on solo and small firm practice. Right. And I did not want my blog and the Foomberg book is great, but I didn't want my blog to be just, a Foomberg book in, in, in series, you know, how to meet a client, how to send out an invoice. I, I, I still find that stuff kind of boring, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of boring, but you know, Some there's certainly a place for Foomberg stuff. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I way, way back when uh, I, I know that I, uh, I, uh, I read his book when I, when I was starting my, my first solo practice uh, years ago, but that was uh, well before the internet. So I really had no choice, but to get a book and read about how to do it. But, so how I mean, so you had an idea of what you wanted to do when you started out. How consistent have you been, or in that, or, or how much has the blog kind of evolved in your concept of it over the years? So I think the blog is the same, but I think the world has changed, and I think that what is expected of bloggers now and what it was like before is something that's very different. I mean, I think in many ways my blog has been remarkably consistent because I've always. I, I continue to feature solo and small firm lawyers. I also try to, I felt very strongly about making sure that I could be a trusted source of information. And so there are certain people who I will never interview at my site or never let advertise at my site because I don't think that they're credible and I don't think that they are useful to souls and smalls. Um, so I still like need to do that. I, just, <laughs> if you don't see them on my website, you can, uh, oh, okay. you, you can figure it out. Um, and I think that, yeah, the things that I, that I write about, I mean, I also always try to help people like look, be forward looking. I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing about the stuff that's happening tomorrow, not that happened yesterday or not how you can jump on the bandwagon. And so my blog has also been like that too. And so that's what I continue to try to focus on is things that are coming down the road, how you can prepare for them. Um, and, and also talking about the benefits, still about the benefits souls and smalls provide. I'm talking about ethics rules and how they adversely um, impact solo and small firm lawyers. I mean, that's something that's still an important theme in what I write about. So, I mean, I think the blog is actually the kinds of topics I write about on the terrain is very much the same. Um, you know, I post some things on social media. I try to do some more videos, but no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a writing, it's, it's just a, a blogger's blog. So. Yeah. I mean, I like that way of thinking about it. It's not that the blog has changed so much as that the world has changed. I mean, I feel that a lot in my own blog. I mean, I started out to, I mean, I was more focused on covering the web when I started out and I cover maybe legal tech a little bit more broadly now. But um, I mean, I think one of the interesting things that's happened over the 18 years we've been doing this uh, is that, 
it, it seems to me, and I, I, I imagine you would agree with this, is that, is that maybe the the appetite for what we're doing has grown. I mean, uh, you know, when we started out, there were still not all that many people who even knew what a blog was, let alone were reading blogs. Uh, and, you know, I feel like right these days we are, you know, I don't know, quote unquote, mainstream uh, in, in terms of ourselves as, as publications for legal professionals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I remember my numbers in the beginning, I like five hits in a day, 20 hits. <laughs> 20, yeah, that'd be great. 20. Yes, I know. Um, I, I mean, I think that it's it's hard to tell it, it's also harder to tell what a blog is anymore i mean it used to just be something that you know was set up and you know it was obviously a self-published thing and you know i don't know is like something that a corporation puts out like so many legal vendors have blogs i mean are those blogs is that advertising is that you know um consumer education or customer education it's it's sort of hard to tell what um what they are but yeah I, I mean they are they are more mainstream and i also think they're they're now part of sort of a bigger um different type there there are more types of platforms now too i mean you have video platforms that are very easy to put video content out different social media platforms i mean there's some people who use facebook or twitter the way people sometimes would use blogs like remember there's that one blog i can't remember the guy was a law professor and he just do like these little one or two sentence blurbs. Glenn, oh my God, what was it? Reynolds. Right, right, right. And and that was a blog. I mean, that, yeah. No, oh, okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that, but that wouldn't necessarily be a blog today. That would be something, you know, it would be somebody tweeting or, or right. putting up or having a Facebook page with a daily post. So yeah. although Howard Bashman still does that, I mean, Howard Bashman, how appealing uh, blog is still, I mean, just, one line kind of snippets of rounding up all the, you know, appellate news from all over the country. And uh, um, that, that's been, I mean, he's been doing it he has. as long as we have, if, if not longer. He has been when doing he started, it longer. But, he was yeah. before us. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that's, that's definitely the case. Um, what about your, uh, you know, I guess one of the questions I'm often asked is just how I keep at it. <laughs> uh, you know, I think some people will start a blog uh, and not realize um, the commitment that it evol involves to, to keep it going. And, and, and I mean, obviously, you can do a blog in different ways. You can post weekly. You can post monthly if you want to. But you're, you're like me. You post a lot and, and frequently. How, how have you maintained that momentum over the years? Has, has that ever been a struggle for you? Yeah, no, it has. And I, I have been busy the past month or two. And so I haven't quite posted as much. No, no, nobody can keep up with you. But um, I, I go through different stages. Sometimes I feel like everything's been said. Sometimes I feel like there's these recurring debates. And I've talked about the particular issue like five years ago, and I don't want to repeat myself. And, um, but I just, you know, and, and I know when people start blogs, I mean, because a lot of people start them now for, um, for to, to build a practice. I mean, a lot of solo and small firm lawyers who are blogging are doing it to get search engine optimization to build content that they can turn into other types of products for, for clients. And so they usually are very disciplined. You know, they have like a writing schedule and different topics and things like that. But I really just blog when I, I, I mean, I, I just write stuff when I have the urge. I mean, the one thing that I've 
been the most disciplined about, I guess, over the past two years is the Make Money Monday post, which is like, um, you know, some kind of new or novel um, marketing or money making tip. I mean, that's been the one I've been the most regular about. And I've been good about Future Fridays, like the inspirational or the future stuff, but I've kind of fallen off the wagon there. So, I mean, I, you know, because there's You've not got the alliteration going anyway. That's good. Right. Yes. Yes. There's always has to be something uh, to, to get attention. So I just, um, so I'm, I'm not that disciplined about it probably because I've also, you know, because I've been doing it for, for so long. And I also don't feel the urge to put something up there just to, you know, as a placeholder, like just to have something. So, um, yeah. yeah. And how do you keep, generating ideas how do you do you have a, a a method to the to the madness of it or or how do you do that um i mean so some of them i mean i find that the best ideas come from of course like outside legal you see something you know that a business is doing um and then see how it transfers to like solo and small firm practice read about some stupid ethics regulations and that always gets me going if i read about like you know some bar association not you know you know cracking down on blogging or cracking down on social media use or something. I mean, that's the kind of thing that kind of gets me going. Um, and just, uh, it's, you know, I'm in different Facebook groups where sometimes people will be talking about something or just, you know, um, thinking about starting a firm, thinking about different practice areas, or I might read about an interesting practice area and kind of use that to, to, to jumpstart the post. I mean, some of the best posts, I think, I, I, I like, posts of mine that I like the best, I think, come from these, you know, areas that you wouldn't expect. I did this one blog post. I read this really amazing, um, I guess it was an obituary, obituary about a guy in the Washington Post who was writing about, um, he wrote about uh, about cars, like he rated the cars for the newspaper, and he really built a reputation for himself that way. And that, so, and I wrote about that, about, you know, how you become dominant in your field by taking this area that you're passionate about and just, you know, focusing on it all the time like he had. So it's sometimes like those ideas come from, from disparate places, not necessarily anything having to do with legal. Um, sometimes it might have to do with like my day-to-day -day experiences. Like when I had a case at the Supreme court or I, I was, went to see an argument there, I was waiting on a long line. And so I was trying to think of things I could do that were useful online. So I wrote an article about that. And it's just, it really, I, I'm very, I, I'm a very bad person to interview about this because it's very, it's really very haphazard. Well, no, you know, and it, I mean, it is certainly, it is for me. I mean, I, I have, again, I'm, it's sort of gotten different for me because more often than not, I'm, I'm writing about something in the news that, that is news. I'm, I'm reporting news more than more than kind of you're, you're writing thought pieces, you're writing advice pieces more. And I, I find that much harder. I, 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 it's easy for me to, to just do reporting and I can, I can do that. You know, I can, I can write a blog post in, in 10 minutes or something about, a, a, about a story, <laughs> but, but if it's something where I have to sit and think and, and kind of write an essay, then it's, then it's a challenge. I, that's harder for me. It takes a lot more time and it's harder for me to come up with ideas and that, that's a challenge. So I'm, I'm uh, respectful of the fact that you have the cap capability of doing that so regularly. Um, one way your our blogs, another way our blogs are kind of similar is that neither of us, unlike a lot of lawyers who are blogging about their practice areas and blogging, you know, perhaps partly as a tool to to build up and market their practice areas, neither of us really do that. I mean, I'm I my blog has nothing to do with with my my legal work, and and your blog is 
you know, nothing directly to do with your legal blog. I know you used to have a blog that was part of your law practice that I think you've discontinued that at some point. I'm not sure when that was, but yeah. Did you, have you found that, that having the, my shingle blog, even though it's not directly related to your practice, has it benefited your practice in any way, or has it benefited you as a practitioner in any way? So what I blog about and what I practice in are so far afield that people have said, like, are you the same Carolyn Elephant? Yeah. <laughs> and I just said, no, there's like, there's no, it's a, another bad example of like what not to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I used to do the blog for my practice. I found for my practice, just the blog content worked better as newsletters. So I, I do writing in that in my legal practice space, but, um, it's more like newsletters. No, occasionally, like my worlds will collide. Like I'll meet somebody, you know, in the who does energy regulatory work, who knows about blogging or who's heard of my blog. But um, no, they're just they're they're parallel they're parallel universes. It's not yeah, the way I, I have my worlds that. collide every so often, and it's very weird. I've 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 been in like legislative. I I I I'm a lobbyist for the newspaper industry in Massachusetts, and I'll be in a legislative hearing, and a a legislator will say. I think I read on your blog something about it. Like, oh, <laughs> you yes, read you my blog. That's weird. It's like yeah. somehow it's like crossing a, a chasm or something. I don't know. Or, um, it's it's a good thing. I no problem with it. But um, somebody in the chat was mentioning um, Ed, who used to do the the blog of the week thing way back oh, when. Oh yes, uh, the anonymous the editor right. of. Uh, yeah. What did he call it? Did he call it blog of the week? I forget what he called it. No, uh, there was a word for it when you did that rotation. There was there there was like a term. I can't did a thing, what right? It was it was yeah. Uh, blog carnival. Thank you. Right, 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 right. Thank you. <laughs> Good that we have chat here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you how how important has it been to you over the years to be engaged? in ways other than on your blog with the people who read your blog? And if so, how do you do that? So, um, I mean, I sometimes, I send out a newsletter occasionally. Sometimes I have webinars on you know, different topics. I have the Facebook page, but I think that a lot of the people who read my blog are blog readers. I don't know that they're on that many other platforms. So I find myself doing the reverse. I find myself driving traffic to my blog, you know, by like dropping a link in a conversation in a Facebook group or, you know, posting things on Twitter. So I don't, um, and, and I've been thinking about, I mean, I have, I've been thinking about different ways to engage readers and figure out like kind of how I'm going to wrap this thing up <laughs> because I'm not going to be blogging until I'm 90 years old, <laughs> and I don't know if this is going to be around. And I feel, I mean, you know, I mean, as much, I am definitely very open-minded about the next generation of lawyers, and I would never, you know, like say, don't do something this way, don't do it that way. But but it's different to be a supporter of new ideas in the profession rather than to be a leader. I mean, I feel like I'm sort of, I don't want to say I'm, I, I am, I, I think you, you start to get to a point where you're not your experience isn't as relevant anymore. I mean, the experience I have as a practitioner of 30 years with my own firm is very different from somebody who's, you know, starting out, you know, in their 30s or 40s. And so, or, or just starting out, you know, earlier. I mean, a lot of things are, are different. So I, I have been thinking about that issue of in, how to engage and what to do next. 
before I wrap it all up. I'm not just going to be like, who is, I guess it was Walter Olson. He just like, he just shut down the, yeah. the blog. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. do that. I have too much content, but I have to figure out what, what the end game is. And so I, I probably will have to look for ways to start engaging people again and figuring out like what, you know, where the gaps are and what people need. So, yeah. so, so do you see, see, I'd be happy to blog till I'm 90. Uh, I'm not sure anybody would want to read me at that point. I'm sure not anybody re wants to read me now, but uh, uh, I mean, I, I, it's really, I really like blogging. It's, that's what's the funny thing about it. I enjoy it. It's, it's one of the things I, I most enjoy out of what I do. Um, although, you know, even for me, it, it, there's there's those uh, days when it's like, oh God, I just don't want to have to write a post today. Yeah. But um, so so do you think that blogs have lifespans? I mean, after after 18 years of doing this, uh, you know, you, you say you're kind of thinking about what's next. Does does what's next mean another phase for the blog, or does it mean just kind of going off in a different direction of publishing or communicating or what, whatever? I mean, I think it's figuring out like what to do with the blog. I mean, I do, I, I guess the thing is, is like, I know there's a lot of blogs about solo and small firm. There's a lot of stuff about small firm practice, that kind of thing. I mean, that that's very different from when I started, but my blog is completely unique. And I can say with hundred percent certainty that nobody out there blogs about the stuff that I do the way that I do. So I don't feel like I've been like edged out of the field or anything. I just ha trying to think about, um, you know, I, I just don't know if I can, you keep the ideas coming or like I said, I mean, as the profession changes, I don't know how much value my voice can have to people who are, you know, who are, who are just starting. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I, I think everybody who started a firm owes some loyalty to Bloomberg. Um, and I don't want to sort of, um, I, not meaning to insult him, but like at some point, it's just your experience isn't as as helpful and I, I guess I'm trying to figure out like what I can do that will continue to be helpful but and I know one of the things that I can continue to do is just give my opinion on on like what's happening and where things might go and like things topics like that so um if, if somebody uh, who isn't currently a blogger were to were to come to you and, and ask whether they should start blogging uh, what kind of advice do you give them on, on, on the decision of even whether to do it in the first place. I am very mixed on that now. I mean, I think it depends what their goal is. I mean, I think that there's a lot that you can do with a good newsletter. I mean, there's a lot of newsletters that I subscribe to where, you know, I get like sort of like just a, a link and a little bit of commentary. And I think that that's something that's very helpful. So I guess depending on, what you're trying to achieve, something like a newsletter could could be a way to go. Um, I guess if somebody wanted to start a blog, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, there's all the advice about being consistent and things like that. But I guess I would, I guess if they wanted to do it just because they like to write or like to put their ideas out, I would just tell them to just to go for it. Um, but otherwise I would tell them to sort of think about like what, what the goal is, is it to, you know, to inc improve, um, search engine optimization, um, to become an authority in your field. If it is to become an authority in the field, it's not just enough to like write a lot of stuff that nobody reads. You have to also figure out a way to disseminate it and get it to people who are going to pay attention to it. So, 
Um, so, I mean, that would be, I guess the advice would be just, you know, think about um, why it is, why you want to do it. And if you're doing it to, you know, promote your expertise or become an authority, figure out how you want to um, disseminate that information. I would probably also tell people to maybe like, you know, well, well to also, um, you know, I guess, again, deliver the blog in different ways, like have links to it at your Facebook page, send it out by newsletter also to make sure people can, can read it. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, I don't know, I, I don't like newsletters and, and partly just because, you know, just the same thing everybody says, I, I am just so deluged with email and, and my, I, I mean, I just can't even keep up with email, email, people email me, it just gets lost. I just can't even read it all. Yeah. And, and, and newsletters just kind of get lost in all of that. Um, it, it, there, there are a couple of newsletters I, I do keep an eye out for that I, that I get that I, I really like, like reading. Um, uh, but um, the, the other part of that for me is what, I mean, as you, as you kind of said at the outset of this, of this conversation, uh, there's this whole world of people that you know through blogging that are your friends, that are your community. And, and I don't know how that happens with a newsletter. I mean, you know, you get readers and, and you can build up numbers on your newsletter, but you don't, you're, I don't feel that you're able to engage in the same way with people through a newsletter as you can through a, with a, a blog is kind of like a living thing where, where uh, people can, uh, you know, people don't, I don't know, people even comment much on blogs anymore. They used to, you know, comment and engage with you there, but they engage around it on Twitter or on, uh, you know, elsewhere on LinkedIn or whatever on social media. And it has a different feel to it for me. I don't yeah, no, it is more interactive, but that's the part that I sort of miss because when I was thinking about like when I started out blogging, the way I met people was because I would write something and somebody would write a comment, you know, write yeah. a counter post or right. or they would promote it. Like the Scott way I met Yeah. <laughs> or, well back then it was David David Giacalone, the um, right, the, right. David Esquire. Yeah. And I mean he 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 would like take me to town. I called me like a solo cheerleader, like in a, in a, a pejorative way, but we were actually, we're very good friends. He was actually, he was at my house once. I met him oh, yeah. like when he was visiting in the area and um, he's a really nice guy. Um, I, I miss that interaction and I miss yeah. the comments. Like even when above the law turned the comments off, I mean, I know that they, they were horrible and I, you know, I mean, obviously some of them were like, were racist and and sexist i mean you can't have that out on the web but you know some of them would just like say things to me like you know you're ugly or you're you're, right. you're an idiot, right. you know go die in a car crash right. <laughs> um but but some some of the commentary some of the back and forth i mean i kind of i miss that i feel like see this is the thing that i i can't stand about blogging anymore because it's just it's it's too nice like it's like you can only say something nice or you can't say it nobody criticizes anyone anymore i mean maybe it's like again scott greenfield but and i kind of i i sort of miss that interaction i i never it never that stuff really never bothered me and again i was never i was never harassed i never had people like coming to my house and you know like like some women who have been harassed on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, some of the stories that you hear, yeah. I've never experienced that, but, um, but I kind of miss the, the back and forth. It's not as dynamic as it used to be. Right. It's um, true. It's, it's true. I, I, I don't see that happen as much anymore. I, I actually see it happen for me. It happens sometimes it's happened a little bit like on above the law in the sense that I'll write a column on above the law and then somebody else will write a column on above the law. Yeah. 
responding to or usually disagreeing with what I wrote, uh, and then maybe I'll write a response back. Uh, that that's happened to me a, a couple of times where we've had sort of back and forth through columns on above the law through mutual columns, but it happened to be all people who happen to be columnists on above the law to begin with, and so already it's a closed uh, circle, I, I guess, uh, of people. What do you think? Uh, do you think that during this time that we're in right now uh, with, you know, the time of the pandemic, a a time of uh, uh, major uh, attention being paid to to civil rights issues uh, that that legal bloggers in particular might have any particular role to be serving right now? I think, I mean, now that you mentioned it, I mean, there probably are a lot of opportunities for writing about those things. I mean, just, a blog about, um, you know, different things that are happening, different initiatives in different states or um, promoting different, um, I, I know there's like been a move in a number of states to, um, to eliminate police immunity. So just like tracking those efforts, I mean, to bring those issues to the forefold and explain what some of those issues are and why it matters. I mean, I think there is an opportunity to cover those issues and to really get um, a lot of exposure. And on the pandemic side, just, you know, talking about the issues of dealing with surprise and uncertainty and, um, you know, in dealing with it. But again, it's like with, with the with the um, the civil rights issues, you know, following protests and, you know, maybe like looking at the cases where people have been arrested in protests. I mean, all the issues coming out of that, I mean, that could make actually a really interesting like legal blog and get yourself in the news. On the pandemic side, my fear is that like, you know, nobody is ever really authentic. I mean, when they write about their experience. And I think that, uh, <laughs> I, I think that topic might lend itself to just like a lot of marketers trying to, you know, get people to come use their services to build their practice or you sort of use it as um, an excuse to talk about how to like sell some sort of coaching service or something, something yeah. like that. But it could, I mean, what, one of the things when I, because I often go back and look at my, my trove of, of posts. And I mean, one of the things that surprised me a little bit, except when I looked back was that like, I documented my whole experience of, um, you know, first being a very young mom and balancing, you know, daughters and practice, and then watching my daughters grow and the experience of like getting them off to college or, you know, th- and it was there so there it, it did capture my life as well as my legal stuff and i think like with the pandemic you have an opportunity to to do that if you just because it makes you you know it gives you the discipline to write week after week and so you can look back and all of a sudden you've got this whole um this whole journal or this whole um documentation of like what things were like then because people will kind of look back and and wonder and you help you remember it. So I think there, I think those are both really good, uh, good topics to, for people to write about if they were thinking of starting now. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I I, I don't, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but going in terms of documenting your life, I mean, you, five years ago, you had a, you know, a very tragic event in your life in, in terms of losing your husband. Uh, and, and you wrote about that on your blog, you were quite, uh, you know, you were quite open about it and, and shared a lot about it. Uh, you know, I've been 
watching kind of lately, uh, I know that, that Kevin O'Keefe at, at Lex Law kind of went through something similar with the loss of his uh, wife, and he's been uh, able to find a lot of support through uh, Facebook and, and social media uh, among people for that. Did, did you feel that the blogging, your readership, the blogging world, the sort of the world that you've kind of got to know through blogging was kind of helped you through that in some way? Was Was it useful to be engaged about what was going on through your blog and through other social media? Um, yeah, no, people were really helpful. I mean, when, when my husband first got sick, I actually, I don't know if I've ever shared this story, but um, I was at a conference and I saw Sam Glover and we were talking about it. And he actually, he, um, my blog was like breaking down at the time. So it was like just another thing on top of like getting my husband diagnosed with brain cancer, but he actually helped me like move it to a whole different platform. He did all that for me. Like, at no charge, just, I mean, it was just such a nice thing to do. I don't even know him that well. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, yeah, and when my husband was sick or after he died, I mean, people like sent things like, um, they sent meals, they sent cards. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I mean, I think it was definitely like a lot of support and kind words from the online community. And of course, as you know, I always associate my blog with Bruce, because I mean, he was really the reason that I was able to set it up because back then blogging was like a little more complicated, complicated than it is now. And so kind of like learn a different software package that he helped me put together. But, um, but yeah, Didn't I did he help like, you code your blog originally and all that. Well, yeah. So he, he showed me, he set up the, uh, the site it was a platform called slash code and he set it up and then he was like, okay, it's set up. Here's the book, you know? So then I, I actually figured out how to, you know, like change the colors and change the style and upload things. And so, um, and then I, so, so I learned how to, how to do that, but he, he was, um, he got it set up like the, the platform set up online. We had to get like a separate server for it. He, he took care of all of that, that part of yeah. it. So, um, yeah. yeah, but no. And yeah, so people, yeah, people have been, had been good about that. And, you know, like when I see them at different functions that we go to that ask about it. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's helpful. Good. Do you have any advice on how to write a good blog post? <laughs> um, I guess my advice on that is just my advice. Well, well, there's, there's, I guess there's the technical parts of it. And then there's just the advice parts of the advice part is like, first of all, just, just write when it's fresh, like when the spirit moves you, if it's like at midnight or in the morning, like just get that fresh idea out into the world. Um, but in terms of the technicalities, I mean, link to things, always link to your source code, read what your source code is. Like, don't, I hate those posts where somebody, I, you even see it now where people blog about a case, like a Supreme Court case, or even like a district court case, and they don't link to it. I mean, that's kind of useless. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, um, you know, so link to that, link to, um, you know, include your links to, uh, to other articles, try to gather information, like don't just write about something from your perspective, see if somebody else has written about it, address some of those issues or do a roundup, bring in different viewpoints. I mean, like a nice robust post, you know, it's like, yeah. just like, a, like, this is my advice on, on something like this. And then like, oh. you know, I mean, the, all the other writing things, I, I'm not big on like, I, actually, one of the things I hate, this is, you know, the advice you will get from professional bloggers, they will always say like, oh, just do like two sentences, have a lot of white space, don't have, you know, big paragraphs. 
that's just, I see a post like that and I think that's not something I want to read because there's no content there. This is all sales. <laughs> you don't like white space. <laughs> no, <laughs> or big, big letters. So yeah, so just, um, yeah. yeah, those those would be some of the tips that- Yeah, so do you, keep, do you keep like a pad and pen next to your bed and you wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh God, I gotta get this down before I fall back asleep? I, I, I do sometimes put the, like a, a note on my phone. Sometimes yeah. you come up with a sentence that yeah. you know or a headline. Yeah, I do yeah. that all the time. I wake sure up in the middle of the night and I, I'll say, oh, I'll remember that in the morning. And then of course, <laughs> don't. so then I've learned, you know, to put it down. Right, right. Um, well, uh, let's see. Any final thought? Any last closing thoughts? Words of advice? Uh, brilliant uh, observations? Uh, anything like that before we wrap up? Um, I guess you know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. <laughs> I <might be> a <laughs> Just word. to put you on the spot. Yeah. 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 Um, no. I mean, I don't know. I think that the blogging that we knew like back in the day, I don't think that's anything we'll see again. I mean, I, to me, that was like a huge renaissance for the legal profession. I mean, when you think back on a lot of the early bloggers and, you know, like David Latt or, um, or, or somebody like Howard Bashman, Denise Howell, I mean, just how even even like Ernie Svensson, you know, he went from like working at a firm to starting his own firm. I mean, it it really it catalyzed all these changes for for people in their careers, and it brought together all these parts of the legal profession that never had any connection to each other before. I mean, like you know, academics and big law firm people and small people, small firm people. So I I don't really feel like I I, I don't know if we ever and it's also I mean you know I I mean I. And again, the, the friendships you made. So I don't know if we see something like that again, but um, but I still think that, you know, I guess the advice would be is, you know, if you have ideas, it's important to to put them out there. And it's important to, to educate people about the work that you do or to, to write about the changes that are taking place in the legal profession, um, you know, with, access to justice initiatives or, you know, changing ethics rules. I mean, it just, it, it kind of, it documents and it puts your idea out there and it makes sure that, um, you know, that it's, that it's kept. So if that's something that's important to you, like having people sort of remember what your ideas are or being able to exchange them, then um, that's, that, that would be something worth, um, worth putting out there. But I, you know, and I don't know where, where blogging is, is heading in the future, but uh, but if you like to write, I mean that's the, that's always the reason why it's been my favorite uh, social media choice. Though. So. Yeah, I mean one you know one big reason it's changed so much since we started is is the sheer numbers. I mean we were when when you and I started blogging, how many legal blogs were there? I mean yeah, I know fewer fewer than a hundred. Right. I don't know fewer than fifty maybe. I don't know. There were not a lot of legal blogs at that point. Um, but, um, I, the, so the numbers now are, I don't know, thousands and thousands of legal blogs all over the world. Yeah. But I, I think that, that capacity for a blog to still kind of make somebody's career, make the difference in their career really still exists. Cause I, I just, I just see it happen still. I just see people who start blogging and, and just really stand out for, uh, you know, what they have to say about whatever it is they're writing about, whether they really get their, their area of law really well, or they have unique ideas. Uh, 
and it, and it helps, you know, I think it helps propel, still helps propel people uh, into the forefront uh, of, of whatever area it is that they happen to, to be in. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's true. And I also do make the pitch for, uh, for more women bloggers. I mean, there certainly are a lot that are, who are notable, but um, it, it still always seemed disproportionately male dominated. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Molly, just a comment uh, for, for those who can't see the comments, Molly McDonough just commented. I, I think, I still think exchange still happens. I also think it's great to use the blog as an opportunity to have conversations with people you want to connect with on a professional level. Um, so, yes. you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you always have your, your writing samples there. You can just send people links. So yeah, it's a good. Right. And, and since you plugged my book at the beginning, I can see, I actually can see over behind over, over your left shoulder there that your book is, uh, there's your <laughs> book right there behind the, oh, on the bookshelf. Right, so right. Choice, so. Yeah. You always have to show off your book, show off your copy in the background. <laughs> Well, Carolyn, thank you very much for uh, being my inaugural guest on uh, what will either be the first or last <laughs> in this series of, uh, of shows. Well, the first and last, but, uh, and uh, sorry for the technical difficulties up front. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but it was always great to see you and great to talk to you. You too. Because yes, good to catch up. I don't know when we'll see each other again in person, but. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I know. But uh, yeah, my son is down in DC now, so sometime I'll get down there. All right. Good to see you. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening today.